Hello, I'm Dr. Jimmy Smith. Very thankful for this wonderful opportunity once again in the teaching and preaching and explaining and expounding of the Word of God. We're in the book of Philippians today. And let's pick up in chapter 1, beginning in verse 10. That ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Here we see in chapter 1, Paul, as he writes under the inspiration of God, we find him in a dungeon, we find him in a cell, not because of a crime that he had committed, but simply because he was on fire for the Lord and he was serving the Lord and he was faithful unto God and sometimes preaching truth, preaching the Bible will get the preacher in trouble in this ungodly, demonic world that we live in. And Paul, he maintained himself. He stayed the course. He stayed encouraged. He remained to preach and teach and pray. He had a secure mind. How is it that God was blessed uh, to use him and Paul was blessed to be used of God because his mind was made up. He had a secure mind. Come what may, uh, he decided to stay the course. He decided not to flinch, not to turn to the left nor to the right, but to stay anchored in the Lord. And he had a perspective of this was the will of God for him. Therefore, he knew he was in the will of God. He knew he was where God had wanted him to be and God would permit him to see the fruit of his labor, even the fruit of his imprisonment. We know that Philippians is a prison epistle and that there are five prison epistles in the New Testament. Note some things as we come to verse 10. That you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. We see here that Paul, he's writing to the saints at Philippi and he's concerned about them and he says to them, I want you to become sincere and I want you to live unto the Lord without 
offense. And I want you to do those things that God will approve to be excellent, even if it means landing in the dungeon, even if it means going through trial and tribulation, the Bible says, man that is born of a few days and full of trouble. And we know that those who desire to live for Christ shall suffer persecution. But Paul's mind was anchored. It was secure in God. And he knew that God was with him, that God said he would never leave him, never forsake him, that he may boldly say, God is my helper, and I fear not what man would do. But not only that, he was able to see his fruit, the fruit of his imprisonment, the fruit of his crisis, the fruit of his labor, his faithfulness unto God. Beloved, may you and I decide that we're going to be faithful to God. May you and I decide that come what may, if they like me, if they do not, may I have the decision and the desire to be loved of God, to be in the will of God. It's not an issue of what man says, not an issue of what man does, uh, if they like me or not. What matters most is to be in the will of God. We already know that God loves us and he loves us unconditionally, but we're talking about the favor of God. We're talking about growing in the grace of God. We're talking about God being pleased with my life. And there are times when God will uh, allow the affliction and we see his will manifested in the lives of others because of the affliction that will occur uh, to the believer. Note further, as we look back in Philippians chapter 1, let's pick up in verse 11, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. He says that he's in the will of God. He says that although I'm not comfortable, I'm in a dark cell, a damp cell, a, a small cell. I'm sharing it with cat-sized rodents. Yet he recognized that God had not left him, and he recognized that God was still using him, even in the midst of his plight, of his discomfort, of his gloom and doom situation. He had a secure mind. He had a biblical perspective. He knew that God was still at work. And that's all that matters. God may allow the storm to come. He may allow the billows to rage. And yet, beloved, all that matters is to know that we are doing the will of God. We are walking with God, even in the midst of the storm, and that God will use the storm. And that's what we see here. We see here in verse 12, but I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Note his biblical perspective, his mindset. He wasn't happy about being where he was. Uh, no one uh, would enjoy those conditions, but he knew that God had permitted it and God had allowed it, and he knew that God was with him. He knew that God had positioned him, but not only that, he knew that God could trust him. He knew that he was grounded and anchored in the Lord. Beloved, I ask you today, can God trust you with suffering? Can God trust you with trial and tribulation? Will you give up 
on God just because the storm is raging, just because you're going through some storm and thunder and rain. Paul, he had a closeness with God. He knew he was in the will of God. He knew that he wasn't in this situation because of sin. He knew that he was walking with God and that the devil was at work. And now he found himself in the dungeon, but he also understood that God permitted it. God allowed it and God was using it. What a great verse. What a powerful verse. God can use us anywhere at any time. But may it be true of you and I that we're going through what we're going through because of God allowing it, not necessarily because of God's wrath upon us due to sin. And so we see this great verse here in verse 12. But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather until the furtherance of the gospel. In essence, he says, God has positioned me to meet people that I would not have met had I not been in this situation. For we understand that there were centurion soldiers who had the assignment to rotate in watching the prisoners. And Paul, we know based on Acts chapter 16, that when Paul went to prison, he praised the Lord anyway. When Paul went to prison, he sang the songs of Zion anyway. He preached anyway. He prayed anyway. In fact, the text says he prayed to the extent that the foundation began to shake. What a mighty God we serve. And that the, no doubt, the uh, soldier took note that this is not a ordinary prisoner. This prisoner is different. What is he doing rejoicing? Don't he know? Don't he know? Don't he know where he's at? He has no business praising, rejoicing, singing. Oh, what a great verse I have to turn in the book, the book of Acts as we Consider chapter 16 as we look there, beginning in verse 25, and really beginning in verse 19, we see all of the beatings and abuse Paul and Silas had to endure, not because of a crime they committed, but simply because they were obedient to God, magnifying the Lord, sharing the word of God, praying to God, calling upon the Lord. And it landed them not only in jail, but they were given a swift beating. And they were beaten, the text says, with many stripes. And yet we find them there in verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly... There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. What a great God. What a what a praying man. What a mighty prayer warrior. 
He had a secure mind. He understood why he was there, that he wasn't going through this calamity and this tragedy and this discomfort because of sin and degradation and immorality and corruption. But he was there because he was in the will of God. Well, Jesus went to the cross. And beloved, we're going to suffer for the cause of Christ on this side of eternity as we wrestle and deal with our ancient foe, the devil. But he was anchored in God. He had a secure mind coming back to Philippians, Philippians and chapter one, as we continue here and look at this great passage, this great text that speaks to us concerning the faithfulness of God, the might of God, the power of God. What a mighty God we serve. We go further as we look further here in the book of Philippians and chapter one. And let's continue there in verse 13. Well, allow me to read 12 again because they're connected. But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Verse 13, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. Note that the centurion soldier became saved. How could he not? Hearing the word of God, hearing the praise unto the Lord, hearing the prayers unto God. Paul being Paul, he was dutiful. He was faithful. He was consistent. He magnified the Lord. And the centurion soldier on guard, he heard the word of God. The text says, faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God. And he became saved and he called upon Jesus for himself. God had positioned Paul to meet people in prison, people that he would not have met had he not unjustly been thrown into the dungeon. But let's go further. In verse 14, we see other benefits of his false imprisonment, the injustice. Verse 14, and many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, I'm much more bold to speak the word without fear. There was righteous indignation. Other brothers who were prior to Paul being thrown in the dungeon perhaps were not as on fire for God, were not as obedient, were not as consistent, were not so winning, did not have a mind bent toward sharing their faith. But now to hear that Paul is thrown in the dungeon and not just thrown in the dungeon, but to experience a swift, severe beaten. There's such a thing as righteous indignation. And so now we find others who were free and safe and secret disciples. The, the indignation was so great. The text says that they became bold. They became bold. Note the text there again, verse 14, and many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds, my, my affliction, my trial, my tribulation, the unjust uh, tribulation had done something to others who knew me, who loved me, who knew that I was not a crook, not a criminal, not a charlatan, not a phony, but sincere. And they became angry to the point that now they were speaking, they were sharing the message of the gospel they should have been speaking before in advance but now the, the, the their feet were in the fire and they were inspired 
God used Paul's imprisonment not just to win people to Christ whom he would not have met, but also to ignite a revolution in the hearts of believers. Note further there in verse 15, some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds. Here we see the false witness. Here we see those who were not saved, those who hated Paul. And they were satisfied and glad that Paul was thrown in the dungeon because of Jesus. And somehow they reasoned, no doubt the devil had spoke to them, and they reasoned that, well, if preaching the gospel got this man in trouble, let me do some preaching. Let me do some preaching, hoping and supposing that it will increase the affliction to Paul. Beloved, the re reality is this, is the gospel that saves. The reality is a, a person who's not saved can share the gospel. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And other people can become saved. And other people can become one, can become inspired, can become drawn. Why? Because the person is just the voice. John said, I'm just a voice crying in the wilderness. And here we find God using the unsaved voice, a heart full of malice, a heart full of anger, full of deceit, full of strife, full of hatred, hoping to add more affliction to a righteous man. And that's what we see there. Note again, as we consider this great verse, verse 14, and many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds, I'm much more bold to speak the word without fear. And then verse 15, some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel, verse 18, what then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And I therein do rejoice, yes, and I will rejoice. God will use anyone. How interesting we see the Apostle Paul, a good man, a faithful man, a godly man. He went through something. It was uncomfortable. It was unpleasant. But because of a secure mind, he was anchored in the Lord. He was steady. He was solid. He was spiritually mature. God was able to use him. Some believers, if the wind just blow hard, they'll quit. God can't use that voice, that witness. But Paul had the secure mind. Beloved, may we decide now that we're going to live for the Lord. Come what may. Even when it caused some disturbance in our family, on the job, with our friends, in the church, 
May we decide now that we're going to live for the Lord and die for him if I must. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us to grow to such depth, such height in God that all that will matter to us is to please the king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Help us to grow and to mature to that level of spiritual maturity. For those are the believers that God is able to use anywhere and everywhere at any time. Help us, Lord. Grant it to be so. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.